This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Rudy and Isabel on today, and our topic is when how large enterprises and small startups partner for success. Topic I haven't covered, but I would like to because I do a lot of work with startups. So this is going to be a lot of learning for me. So why don't we do introductions? Why don't we start? Rudy, would you do Ruth? Sure. <laughs> Would you do us a favor and introduce yourself and then Isabel? Hi. Great Hi. to be here. Love your podcast. I'm from a large corporation. I'm part of an innovation center and I'm also founder of a community of other innovation centers of other corporations. Cool. Uh, we're going to talk more about that. Isabel? Yeah. And I'm um, super happy to be here. I'm Isabel. I'm the co-founder and COO of Retrain AI. Uh, been in the, in the interaction of people and tech for many years. Uh, my first company was also in the same domain of HR tech, uh, bringing contingent workforce together with job opportunities. It was when I was 24, sold it three years after. And since then, I was a wealth manager, basically investing in early stage tech right. uh, startups. So done that for 12 years. And here again with Retrain AI, which is a startup in the HR tech domain, that is a talent intelligence platform that leverages the power of ethical AI, responsible AI, as they say, to help HRs retain longer their employees and hire faster and bring them into the future of work. So you're so happy at, to be here. So you look at talent intelligence as, as again, the connective tissue between TA and, and HR. TM, um, TA, L&D, really bringing those... There's a lot of data, right, outside, right. external right. to the organization, within the organization. I call it the drip problem. Drip means data-rich information poor. So you have a lot of data, <laughs> but you're not using it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all siloed. It's not disconnected. So we're actually taking all that data, billions of data points, and bringing them together in that platform. It's exactly like ChatGPT is doing, but only on specific labor market data. So understanding that in the lens of skills, we're able to help HRs specifically in talent acquisition to help hire faster, right? Taking all those CVs and quickly rank them based on unbiased technology, but also look internally into the organization and also look who is a good fit for that as well and connect them to other job opportunities, not just job, but social growth opportunities, learning and mentorship and so forth projects. So taking all these data points and connecting that, that those silos that you see in organizations and uh, have that intelligence infused in all the HR functionalities. I have a ton of questions, but we'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> okay. uh, Rudy, I did have a question on your innovation center. So the work that you do inside your own company, but also the work that you do with other folks that are like you. What are you what are you looking at? What's when you get together well, with your peers, is it tech? Is it process? Is it like what is yeah. it? So I have to say there's not one answer for that. It's right. not the same definition of each company. Right. Corporation, everybody likes innovation, right? So they have innovation centers, but they each have different KPIs. 
the most basic thing that everybody does is connect external technologies into the corporations for right. whatever reason, for processes, for, right. and uh, in, in our case with our connection to Isabel, it's for the HR process, etc. Other innovation centers have to their CVCs, so they invest in startups. A lot of companies acquire, acquire right. technologies, external technologies, and some of the innovation centers also work on internal innovation. Right. So... I, I would assume that you look at a lot of technology is yeah. you, you're just part of the job, right? You're always yeah. searching, looking, yes. looking for, how do you, outside of product hunt and angel list or some of the yeah. other kind of usual suspect crunch base, good point. Where do you find new tech? Like where's, so what's, actually, just you give know us some what? of your secrets here. Bring. Yeah. So that was why a friend of mine and I uh, founded our community of, we call it innovation hunters. Mm-hmm. It's basically Ooh. for that specific reason, because these scouting processes are much better when they come with recommendations. Right. So uh, it's basically a group where people just say, oh, I'm looking for a technology that does X, Y, Z, and everybody wants to share their work. It's not a competing process. It's I like that a lot because it contextualizes things. I found retrain.ai and here's what it does. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. All right. So how did y'all partner? And you don't have to get down to all the specifics and things like stuff like that. But just a, you found each other somehow. No, but I have to. I have a great story about Retrain. Oh. So <laughs> uh, we we reached out. I think it was us that reached out to you guys, Isabel. Yes. With part of our, I see. I see our innovation center as like a marketplace. So we have to know the technologies that are out there. So we do all sorts of events and stuff to get to know the ecosystem, but we also have to know the people inside C- inside the companies we work for, and and we have two kinds of customers: employees and technologies. And one of the things we do to get to know the employees is do innovation sessions. So we choose a vertical, and in this case, it was HR, and we decided to bring three technologies to pitch to anybody that was interested, not only people from HR, it was an hour spent where they did a non-sales pitch explaining how their technologies work, etc. And people spent that hour just being inspired. And in Retrain's case, it just progressed to, to a deeper relationship. It's, it's interesting. And I want to get Isabel's take on this because if it's, more comfortable when you're not selling. We're just saying, hey, here's what we do, you know. Well, like yes, definitely. And also because we're selling something so innovative <clears throat> and AI now everybody's talking about it. But right. two years ago, three years ago, when we started, it was still educational right. Uh, sales, right? I was consulting. I was more kind of a someone to explain sometimes to people that really are afraid of AI. So that's the way we sell into those enterprises. We really educate. And now ChatGPT was the best marketing campaign I could never afford. So (laughs) everybody's talking about it. And I am still doing a lot of education. But now there's a demonstration of the power of AI. My research also, I, I did a Master of Science at NYU about risk management. And my research was about the risks of AI. And so I come from this and I love to talk about it. I think it's super important to understand that AI is a tool 
And you need also to have the right tools. And responsibility AI was the forefront of everything we've done. We've embedded in our products those uh, rail guards, right? To how to safeguard that technology. So now everybody wants to hear about it and that's how we sell. So let's dig into some of the things that can happen and in your case did happen. Once, sometimes when larger organizations look at startups, they, they kind of see them as not stable or not as stable. And so it creates a kind of an awkward recovery relationship. And so I want to figure out the, how did y'all kind of bridge if it was that there? Eh? And I'd like to take this one because sure. retrain it was irregular. But I have to say the relationship between startups and corporations is a tough one. Mm-hmm. corporations like i said to say that the innovation <laughs> yeah. but the processes and the incentives of people and connecting to their data these are difficult things they have all these uh, obstacles along the way and the even the time it takes for processes to happen are horrible and it, you have to be a very you have to be able to fail Right. In our in in our case, from our side, and the startups, they have a tougher time. And with Retrain, it was a bit easier because they had the bandwidth to work with large corporations. We work with governments and enterprises. We did, we <laughs> yeah. did come. If you can work with government, you can work with exactly, anybody. Exactly. I'm government proof. <laughs> totally. Totally. It's, uh, but I agree with Ruti. It is a risk group both sides um, yeah. because yeah. we take that um, leap of faith that it's going to convert we're going to expand in your organization and sometimes our organizations have a lot of requirements they want us to do a lot of things that are not necessarily what we do and then when we deal with a fortune 500 so then you're making sometimes those customizations which no startup wants to do right. so you need always to mitigate those risks and from the other perspective from a an organization such as Seagate or other organizations, there's a lot of risk into sharing data into capacity-wise, right? It's actually dedicating time to that startup to work with them. It's a team that is going to be available to do that together. So the startup gets, but both parties win, right? So the large enterprise gets innovation that, again, it's either a make versus buy. They could probably do this themselves. However, startups are out there creating kind of cool stuff. So they get innovation. It's like a B12 shot. So they get innovation. Startups get customers, users, partners, all of that other stuff. A logo on their website. A logo on what? Yeah, a logo yes, on their totally. website that helps with everything after <laughs> that. With everything. Funding. Yeah. funding. Credibility, funding out of customers. It's a- talent, uh, talent attraction. Stuff sure. like that, because logos that you know or that you respect or whatever, if they respect them, then obviously they're doing something right. A uh, question about speed that I usually get because I advise startups is <laughs> startups want to move really fast. And some of that's just because that's just how they are. And that's just the bit. They want to move fast. They want to get, they want to be. Marketing, yeah. Not waiting you, for us. No, it's not. <laughs> so. And in large enterprises, at least my experience with large enterprises, is things, decisions take longer. Like things that you would do at a startup, okay, we're going to change our tagline. That's maybe two meetings and done. Put it on the website. (laughs) In a large organization, that's not a two meetings deal. 
So, like, how did y'all, first of all, was that a thing? Was speed a thing between the two of you? And if so, how'd you resolve it? I can talk generally how it works. Sure. I think when we work with enterprises, we know already what to expect. We have that maturity already to understand that it's not going to be how we want it in terms of timeline. Right. But we, what we're doing <laughs> is really have a very clear understanding of the timeline. So defining everything and structuring everything, having a framework of uh, scope, deliverables, timeline, like it's a project. So we want to have a very tight project management so everybody understand the expectation. We're setting also KPIs for everything. It has to be super defined, super clear. What's in it for them? How is this perceived as a success from both sides? And so if we agree on all that, that really is much faster. I would say that I COVID kind of accelerated a lot of the processes in organizations. It made them realize the need was accentuated, right? So right. in COVID, when we started actually was in, in the midst of COVID, so organizations that are usually very slow and lengthy and complex and bureaucratic found ways, even the governments that I'm talking about, to get budgets, to get people to solve that. And I was amazed to see how it can work with those kind of traditional organizations. And HR is a function that is typically traditional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be super innovative, super open, super agile. So we, we found it for us also to find the ones that have that ability, that have the thinking, the looking forward, that the forward looking thinking and are looking forward to work with, to working with startups and be a fast paced organization. What's your... I, I want to oh, give ahead. another angle. Sorry. Yeah. I think the role of the innovation center is to represent both sides and to walk them hand in hand and to med mediate this gap between the time that it takes and the, all the obstacles. So that's our role, like to help startups. We we feel like we represent the startups as much as we represent our own company. Right. We don't, we don't want to do any harm to those startups that are less mature than Retrain, and, right. but they do need us as a customer. Right, right. What's both y'all's takes on pilots? I get this all the time here in the States is like a large company loves what they see, but they're not really sure if their people are going to use it. Yeah. Uh, it has or, to start, the relationship has to start with the pilot, call it a POC, a proof of mm -hmm. concept. And I think the most important thing is defining everything before right. you begin. What success. Yeah. Defining what success, how long these things should take, how much it'll cost the company afterwards, uh, everything should be predefined. And then that's the only way to start a relationship. I agree. A mm. lot of clarity okay. and uh, yeah, yeah, transparency. Yeah. When you think about the business case, first of all, do you need to, do you need to make a business as an innovation leader? Do you need to make a business case for why you should, yeah. the company yeah. should. Okay. So in doing so, do you think about adoption? Like you, do you think of, how many people are actually going to use it? How much they'll use it, etc. Do you is it's, that a, is that one of the not things? Really, it's not really my role because hey. one day I work with startups that are in the HR vertical, and another right. time it'll be something in related to factories. Right, okay? right, so, right. So I'm not a professional here. Sometimes startups approach us, and we try to connect them to the right person. But the best way to collaborate with startups is if someone from the company comes to us and says, I have this and this problem. 
and we have to show them what their ROI is. Like, this will save you this much money, this much manpower, exactly. this much time. And Isabel, do you have a hand in kind of building some of that math? Of course, I actually build it for them because I found that they're struggling with doing right. this. Yeah. And and I'm always right. thinking, I'm telling them, you need to get the CEO's approval, the CFO's approval. They don't care about those metrics that you do. They right. care about saving. They they care about bringing more revenue. Yeah. Speak their language. Let me show you the calculation of what it's gonna what is in it for you as an organization in terms of money. And though I do that calculation for them and actually sometimes prepare slides for them to present because it, it again it is a different language and they're learning it. I think everybody knows HR specifically in my domain, they're learning uh, more about these things. Again, post-COVID, you had to do that. Definitely I'm helping on that. And I, I actually also say, hey guys, before we start, I know it's hard. Sometimes they have ideas, not really very defined ideas of we have a challenge. Let's really understand the challenge, break it down into really small uh, atomic level of, of challenges so we can solve all these challenges. We can understand exactly the problem and show you how we solve it and the KPIs are defined. So do your homework, understand exactly what's the problem you want to solve, and then we can help much better. So I, I don't want to get yeah, both. Yeah, sorry. Go uh, sorry, I have to say that Isabel is totally right about her case. But she's all, Retrain is also a good listener and the comp, mm. the startups have to be good listeners to the corporation's pain points right? and vice versa. Nobody knows everything. And uh, sometimes people come from a very, I would say, knowledgeable oh, yeah. place. Like they, they think they understand uh, the need, but right. I think, yeah, I think you need to be a good listener. Oh, yeah, you 100%. need to be also humble because, yeah. and, and by the way, we've learned also because we did think that we understand and sometimes we need to listen much more. So we've learned and now we're really doing that discovery. That's the, the stage of discovery that we're doing much more now. What and I we love, want to learn more about the needs of the clients and put it into product. What I love about what both of you have talked about is you're not in a rush. You are in a rush. Isabel, I understand the, the pressure that you're under specifically, but you're, the thing is, is if you slow down, it's like the old adage, go slow to go fast, right? So if you slow down and listen and restate the problem, this is what I think I heard you say, is this correct? Great. And oh, by the way, that can change, but you can get six months into a project or into working with each other and go, hey, we thought we had this problem. And we are, we've attacked that. We've discovered we have another problem <laughs> that's tangential. I see startups also being relatively not just great listeners, but being relatively agile in working with large companies. What do you get it, both your takes? Oh, go ahead. No, I, I, I think it's an amazing opportunity to have a high friction with your users, right? right. So we are trying to get the, out of this the most as we can learn from them and, and sit with them and get into their day-to-day, -day, into their brains, really understand how they operate. So for us, it's the best exposure we can hope for. The only thing, as you said, we have a timeline. We have the market, investors, competitors, right? Uh, other customers. So it, putting all those limitations into that's the challenge. How do we do that in a short time to show that value that we're bringing? Right. It's almost like the iceberg approach where you, with the problem, you bite off that the above the waterline part, get that done, show value, and then tackle all the stuff, the iceberg below the water. I, 
I want to ask you both a question around testimonials and references and referrals and things like that, because it's something with startups that I interact with, not only do they want to do business with large enterprises because of all the reasons we've talked about, but they also want to as best they can, again, assuming great work. Let's just assume technology worked out, the relationship worked out, all that stuff. What y'all's take on just like testimonials, referrals? Hey, I know this other person has a similar problem, that type of stuff, or even references. Hey, we're late stage with this other large company. Would you take a call? Stuff like that. Is super, super important, super critical when you actually start the relationship in the engagement itself, starting a pilot. We do have that ask to be a, a full partner on marketing, on references recommendations. I I had actually a a very interesting, the first conference we did as a company about responsible AI. And I've asked some of our uh, customers to participate together with the, we we had a a session with the commissioner of the Equal Employment Opportunity, the federal commissioner uh, in the States. And we talked about responsible AI and some of our partners, our companies that we work with came to speak and talked about the general problem, about how they work with us, how we're solving those problems. It's a demonstration really to other companies of how you do it. And again, because it's an innovative and the technology we're bringing is super advanced, you want to show those use cases, those successful stories of what ROI did for your peers, how it can help you. You're translating this, and how can you uh, really do the same? So it's super, super important at this stage. This is really one of the benefits of, of doing those pilots. Rudy, internally, sometimes there's friction with PR and legal. At least I'm getting here. I'm in the States, I, the four walls of the States, right? So I tell people all the time like this, where great marketing ideas go to die is legal and PR. So if you're asked, how do you navigate that? Because again, you're not just doing with HR. We don't get asked because we say it ahead of time that we would love to do uh, co-marketing initiatives. The thing is, we developed a shorter process to overcome the legal, (laughs) not the legal, but the marketing side. We get approvals fast, but we call it, there was some legal issue. We call it a POC or a case study, a right. POC case study. So it's not like we, it's important not to say that we're in a relation in a relationship, but it's a win for both sides because it it portrays us as an innovative company as well. So we right. were, we're all for it. Yeah, I could see that because the innovation could get trapped internally and they're just never communicated externally, but done well with your company and also some of the other companies in your community. It's a, it's again, it shows that you're doing great work and people are attracted to that. I, I could talk to you all forever and unpack this, but I know you all have other things to do today. So thank you all so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Our pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I also enjoy just to talk to Ruti. So you gave me another opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> this, was just, this was just an excuse. <laughs> to <laughs> totally. Talk. Y'all have a wonderful day and thanks for everyone listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.